Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of January 22nd, 2023, Aaron and I get in way over our heads. It's been a weird week. We have the new alcohol consumption guidelines, we talk about baby shark, naming cockroaches after people, we talk about time theft, AI-powered essays, and some welcome news about Canada's worst McDonald's. Buckle up for this one. Handsome Aaron Airport. <laughs> freshly shaven. I know. My driveway is clear of snow. Yeah. The country's been nuts. What's up with you? I'm really upset that you shaved oh. your attempt at a beard. <laughs> and this uh, this new shave is different. I'm like, for people who um, don't have the misfortune of seeing this live, I'm like a baby's bottom on my cheeks. Listen to this. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, but I'm not doing bad for a guy with COVID. Yeah, that's right. You have COVID right now. Yeah, that's awful. Do me and the listeners have to worry about catching it from you over the airwaves? I think we're good because I've, uh, I think I've had it for just a little over a week, and I don't think we've been together because um, we last recorded Sunday night. I think I was, uh, oh no, I would have had it last Sunday night. Yeah, I think everyone listen, anyone who listened to last Sunday night's episode should probably get, get tested. tested. Yeah, okay, just to be just safe. Just to be safe. Good, good. I'm glad we've clarified that. But no, I th I've I think I've survived it. Uh, I am the type of person who has raging man colds. I usually almost die when I get any kind of flu or cold. So there is still a pretty good chance that I won't yeah. come out of this. But I think I'm okay. Well, I hope you're okay. I, I don't want you to die. So I'll state that good. for the Thank record. You. I don't want that. Good. That's that's on the record yeah. now. Um, but you may notice my beverage of choice has changed, at least during this recording. I'm not drinking my Diet Pepsi. I am drinking a skull of Red Rose tea, like a true Cape Bretoner. Yeah, yeah. Like a gothic I've got Cape Bretoner. a glass of red wine tonight. Well, you know what? That is a perfect segue into something I really need to talk to you <laughs> okay. about. Okay. This, this, this is this an intervention, on, is it? Well, it may end up having to be because I didn't know that Health Canada has changed their stance on how many. You didn't know this? Well, I don't drink. I drink two. I, I drink one alcoholic drink every two or three years, I would say, is about my average. Oh, so you're well below what Canada is now recommending. That's good. You're... Canada Canada's pumped about the way I drink. Um, but recent news has come out that Canadians should consider limiting their alcohol consumption to just two drinks or less per week according to the new national guidelines the recommendations were released this past tuesday by a group called the canadian center on substance abuse and addiction and they say drinking more than two standard drinks which is the equivalent of 13.45 grams of pure alcohol at a time is associated with increased risks yeah. such as you know cancer they're basically saying if you drink more than two drinks a week you made you're you're of like above a mild risk of dying. Yeah, I think it 
there's probably some kind of notable increase in the risks that can be argued. So now they can only recommend that you have one to two drinks a week. But to me, whenever, when any vice that you have in your life, so whether it's, you know, alcohol or smoking, scratch, scratch tickets. tickets or whatever it is, the things that we enjoy the most are the things that are going to kill us, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the, but those things have benefits as well. So we have to look at the negatives okay. and you look at the positives. So mm -hmm. with things like drinking and smoking and gambling and, you know, there are mental health benefits to it. So alcohol, for example, like enjoying a glass of wine with you tonight and the listeners is very relaxing mm. and very pleasurable. And there's a lot of health benefits to feeling that way. Um, you seem to be taking the news okay, because but you're not a heavy drinker, but no. you're a regular drinker. You seem to be taking the news okay. Did, have you heard about the viral video that's going around? It's it was shot by CHCH News in Ontario. They did one of those things where the reporters just like going around on the street asking people their thoughts on the new guidelines, and they managed to run into um, someone who is very very honest in their response to the new guidelines. I'm willing to bet a paycheck that this person they stopped on the street in Ontario is a card carrying member of the kiss army band <laughs> Kiss. fans yeah. call themselves the kiss army. Yeah. Uh, listen to what this guy had to say about the new guidelines. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six bush light, six bud light, and I love them. Tall boys. Tall boys. Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Regular day. I don't know. Maybe a couple beers. Depends. Weekends, maybe, you know, five beer. Two drinks a week. What do you think of that? Well, that's just not uh, feasible, not in this country. Well, come on, man. Two drinks a week. What's that going to do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable amount. If you're, I mean, if you're at home, you should be able to have like uh, four beer. That's just, uh, that ain't, that's just two more. I mean, I'll have six. But four is a fair number. But there shouldn't even be guidelines anyway. Why are you going to tell me how much I can drink at home? Well, I guess the idea is, would you be concerned that you're at a higher health risk if you're drinking too? No. That's the, the main point here is why are they telling me what I can drink at home? What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. So I'm guessing that this information about the new guidelines isn't going to change your it, life. It's heartbreaking and I can't even believe it. Rock and roll! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You can't handle the tooth. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. I think he's on the verge of having his own show on some platform somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that video today. I saw it today too. I was uh, I was uh, scrolling through. I think it was TikTok. Okay, and I saw and it. He's there. going around. Yeah, uh, I love I love a good honest reaction like that. What, I like when they ask him like, "What do you think is a normal amount in a day?" And he's like, "What day? What day? Wednesday." <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy's uh, uh he's all right with me i, I like have a him. feeling he's lovable he's, he's he's doing more than two a week though i'm pretty some pretty beer company needs to hire him as their mascot and put him in commercials and i mean this guideline thing i don't know before it used to be you could have one a day you know like they used to say a glass of wine a day was good for you mm-hmm 
Now it's, yeah, my grandmother's always yeah. said that. She's ninety two or three, so Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think they're probably splitting hairs with this thing, with this new kind of research. I don't know. I'm not the one that did the research, so I don't have the data in front of me, nor would I be able to interpret it if it was. So yeah. I, I also don't follow the Canadian food guide. So this is either, I'm not gonna get you know, up in arms. I eat processed food whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Who are they to tell Who me? Who are they to tell um, me? We're going to hop across the pond for a second. We got some listener mail coming in all the way from, I don't know, you try to guess based on the accent. Okay. This is what, what Jude had to say. Hello, people from Nighttime. My name's Jude and I live in the UK and I'm just responding to your um, piece on the goats. I've got four pygmy goats called Alan, Neville, Malcolm and Ernie. And um, they've got collars, and I walk them up and down the road all the time. And uh, just for the record, goat is the most eaten meat in the world, but not here because we don't eat meat. We love your show, and particularly the way you say hoose and a boot. Bye. <laughs> so she ends it suddenly, but she actually. That's almost like she fell off of her now. chair or something. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> She called back almost immediately and added this. P.S. I forgot to say this. I was born in a place called Lachine in Quebec. We say Quebec here. Um, uh, And I don't know whether that's a nice place. Is it a nice place? I've never been there. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of Lachine. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. Uh, Yeah, she she can go on Google Maps and find out herself. Don't be so lazy. You're too busy collaring your goats. (laughs) <laughs> but if anyone knows any uh, anecdotes about Lachine, Quebec, let us yeah, know. Yeah, please can... do. Yeah, call right in and leave a lengthy voicemail about all of the graphic <laughs> details about Lachine, Quebec. Lachine. Yeah, please. Um, well, Aaron, we got that behind us. We're caught up on listener mail. We've reacted to the viral video. It's now to get to the meat of this episode. And you, and you may notice I'm moving along a little quick. That's because we, we a got a loaded, full... a, a loaded baked potato of a show here tonight. And this is even leaving out a few stories. Yeah. We got, we got a lot on the go. Yeah. We're going to be talking about interesting ways to honor your ex-boyfriends and girlfriends. We're going to be talking about baby shark and how it can be used for security, the joys or horrors of AI assisted essays. We're going to be talking about time theft. And then to wrap it all up, we'll talk about how Canada's worst McDonald's is closing. Yeah. Let's start with the um, cockroaches. Yeah, man. I mean, let's okay, talk let's about them. Let's They're <laughs> disgusting. Uh, I've never no, seen No, not in person. Other than- no. Do we have them on the East Coast? Uh, we don't have them here. Not that I, not that I know of. But I've never heard. I could be stand like corrected. A... You know, somebody could leave a voicemail saying I'm covered in cockroaches and I'm your neighbor. But... <laughs> it may happen. But let's talk about cockroaches in Ontario. With Valentine's Day less than a month away, people in Toronto were being offered the chance to name a cockroach in someone's honor. The Toronto Zoo Wildlife Conservancy, a partner of the zoo focused on fighting animal extinction, is behind this plan. Here's from their ad. Roses are red, violets are blue. Is there someone in your life that's bugging you? Give them goosebumps this Valentine's Day by naming a cockroach in their honor. So basically what they're doing is you can pay to have a cockroach 
named after an ex. Here's a, a little bit of a, um, well, I guess it doesn't have to be ex. It could be a mother-in-law. It could be anyone you a, have distaste for. Yeah, that reminds you of a cockroach. Here's a, a short news piece, a piece that'll give us a bit more info. Well, the Toronto Zoo is running a special Valentine's Day contest for jilted lovers and disgruntled employees. People are harboring some frustration. Well, they now have a chance to name a cockroach in honor of someone who truly bugs them. To name a cockroach, Torontonians can go online and dedicate their donation and select in honor of and fill in the blank with the name of their choosing. The zoo will release the most popular names once the contest wraps, but staff say so far, Jeff and Kyle are the most frequently submitted. It's an interesting way to drum up some money. I, I like it because it will get people talking and get, get people excited about donating money. Uh, it said in that report there that the two most common names contributed so far are Jeff and Kyle. Does that mean anything to you? Do you know a Jeff or a Kyle that I know a Jeff and a Kyle throughout my life, but not stand. I don't have any parts. issues with them. <laughs> um, would you name a cockroach after someone? Would that be something you, a way you could see getting back at someone? But are they going to know? Like that's the only thing that would make it worth it to me is if yeah. they know. But if they get an anonymous card with a picture of the cockroach and they say someone donate it in your honor to have you know your name emblazoned upon this dung eating beetle but they don't eat poop they eat wood i guess i don't know what i don't know enough scared. about cockroaches but uh, i don't know what they eat i imagine they eat anything that's in front of them uh, but they, they are creepy crawly little monsters though and yeah i think uh, i would donate um but there's some... if it led to led to a photo being sent to the person. There are some people I would certainly donate sure. to. Sure, there's there's a little bit of irony to this, uh, to this story though, is that oh. cockroaches live forever. So why would you want to name someone you have distaste for that you have an issue with after a cockroach that will live forever? Well, because then it's a permanent reminder of how awful this person is. They, this person no, may you're, be dead you're and buried. Giving that individual eternity eternal life of an eternal embarrassment not embarrassment because if you are a cockroach you're fine with it okay if this person is proud of because the person who does wrong doesn't always know that they're the doing wrong they think they're in yeah. the right yeah the whole ignorance is bliss thing but like, it, wow. it's, it, it's a perspective thing so if you talk mm -hmm. to my ex my ex is going to give you one story you talk to go. me i'm going to give you an altered version of that story mm. and the truth lies somewhere in the middle yeah that's right who is the cockroach the ex or the person who named a cockroach after their ex? yeah exactly so who's more mature here the person who's not naming a cockroach after the other their ex-partner or is it the other way around uh, so to me this there's a lot of holes in this campaign yeah if i i guess i was i was wrong where i was seeing it as a permanent reminder of how awful this person was that was named after a cockroach but i guess more than anything it's a permanent reminder of a dysfunctional relationship two versions of a dirty story the truth is somewhere in the middle it's on the it's back really like when you allow someone to name a cockroach after an ex you're only getting one side of the story and you're and you're going with it i think for this campaign to really work you have to apply
So I'm going to so say I have an ex, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was the one that was wronged in that relationship. I have to approach or call or apply to this organization to name a cockroach after my ex. I give all the details that I know it to be true. And then mm-hmm. the organization has to do its due diligence and call my ex mm. and get their side of the story. And then also maybe dig even deeper and contact friends, family, and try to build an actual truth as closely as they can to, to what actually happened between these two lovers. And then they say, we accept your application and we will name the cockroach after your ex because they did wrong you or they say you know what we got all the sides of the story and to be honest if anyone needs a cockroach named after them it's you <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I would love to serve on the board who is involved in making those decisions or one of the investigators well that's for the, the zoo. that's the <laughs> waiver that you sign when you fill in the application it's like this yeah. is going to be a truth-seeking board of individuals that will determine and they will be the jurors to determine who is on the side of the cockroach and who is the person to give the name to the cockroach i like it um i think the zoo needs to rethink this whole thing so i think they it's more complicated than i intended to get into uh i didn't i never thought of the layers to that let's move on to a story that uh, I think it's going to be a lot more simple. You, you know the shark, the song "Baby Shark," right? I've heard about it. Yeah, people with okay. children if you had, talk about it. Yeah, because it's it's a short, repetitive song that little kids like toddlers just can't get enough of. And to most adults who've heard it for more than I don't know seven minutes or something, uh, it is beyond nails on a chalkboard, and it makes you want to just jump off the nearest highest object. Well. The song Baby Shark is being weaponized. The streets of downtown Nanaimo are normally quiet in the evenings and overnight, but now you can hear this playing on Commercial Street. NYLA Fresh Thread Clothing has started playing the popular children's song Baby Shark outside the store overnight to deter loiterers. It's a huge health and safety situation for my staff. I mean, like, I've lost some staff because they don't feel comfortable coming downtown. Leaving at nighttime is a problem, you know, the open drug use and that kind of thing. The menswear store opened in 2014 and has recently been the target of theft and property damage. Zhevyetsky says in the last six months, there have been fires started in the store's front door alcove and the windows have been broken three times with merchandise stolen. Urination, vomiting, feces smeared on the windows, food, and like all this different shrapnel. And he isn't the only one dealing with this problem. Red Shelf Decor told Czech News just a few weeks ago that it was broken into twice in one night. I thought maybe what I could do something as a deterrent, but not uh, not be a... Um a nuisance the community have something kind of like, that's still fun but quite annoying nyla started playing baby shark in its alcove one week ago and the catchy song has been working it's also become a hit with the business community ever since i've started playing that we haven't had to clean up any needles there's been no garbage left behind there's been no one sleeping in overnight which has been wonderful you know it's for us the staff feel a lot better about it and it's even getting the backing of area residents 
think that's a great idea. That's super annoying, yeah. <laughs> it's a really cute, funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Costco yesterday and people yelling baby shark across Costco at me and, you know, was the gas station, same thing. Zivetsky wants to make it clear that while this song can be annoying, it's not an attack against the homeless, but rather a fun, light, low-cost way to protect his business and staff from further damage. Maybe this one, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking there are a few layers to this that are a bit complicated. I agree. For one, yeah. for one, um, yeah. everyone has probably seen that news report going around of the guy who was like outside of an art gallery with a hose, like spraying a homeless person. Uh, spraying them with the hose, trying to get them away from his building. So there, there's something about uh, I, that I'm not crazy about of this guy. Like, I'm just going to play Baby Shark so the homeless people don't hang out in my all clothes. Yeah, there's just something a but, tad, uh, I don't know if insensitive is the word, but... I'm surprised he's on the news uh, saying that. Bragging about it, yeah. Or even saying, like, home, like unhoused people. If he hadn't just left it at loitering, I, my mind would have been. If to the like, way you know, it was teenagers. framed was more, yeah, teenagers loitering, then you could be like, yeah, okay, you know, I could, mm. I can get on board with uh, that. Um, but yeah. this is a bit more challenging to swallow. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that should be considered though is how this starts. Is a church near near his place of business is offering like you know free food and lunches and stuff to unhoused people but i think what is happening is that service say it opens at i don't know 10 30 11 in the morning or something people are coming there the night before and like camping out and wanting to be near there because they're going to get food the next morning so that's kind of given him it's made it so that he's now in an area where this is you know overnight has become a problem to me, it seems like the simple solution is that, I don't know, have some kind of space on the church grounds where people can camp out so they don't have to go camping out in like front doors of stores and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, so that that aspect of it, I'm not, I, I don't also, like that side of it. Yeah, that aspect rubbed me the wrong way as well yeah. when I was as, reading the article. As far as, as far as the song being used, I can completely understand the... Um, the effectiveness of that let's say take away the issue of how the homeless are being treated in our cities and the things they're left to to do to get by and think instead if it was being used because kids were skateboarding outside or sitting in uh, on the front steps of the building having cigarettes right. let's say all having night that's <laughs> having them um, you don't say smoke anymore it's like i'm having I'm cigarettes i'm having cigarettes do you think uh I think in that case, it would be appropriate. I agree. I agree. There is something distasteful about this motivation to sweep away the homeless off of his I property. I guess. Yeah. I'm and I'm surprised he says that to the news. What like the, yeah. like the, it, it's almost like one of those things where it's like he should have kept that in his head. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's every once every once in a while we come across a story where you're kind of shocked that the person is complaining about it. It was like when they wanted to make the men's shelter and and they were evicting the the dog, oh, the trainer. dog walking business. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, part time it was, it's just dog kinda, trainer. It was hard to sympathize with. It, it was, yeah, that was that was um, a just grin. You should just grin and bear this, lady. Just move mm -hmm. on because going to the news publicly to complain about them turning that building into a men's shelter. 
a much needed men's shelter. It's just, it's not a, it's not a hill to die on. So what you just said there and what we just kind of talked about was this idea of um, some things you need to just grin it and bear and you don't want to find a platform for your controversial and in some cases disgusting views. Uh, Here's another, let's move on to this next story. This also is in BC. This involves somebody who very much should have just grinned and bore the brunt of being fired from their job. They tried to stand up for themselves for being let go from a job only to have it backfire in the most epic way. Listen to this. With more people working from home, many employers have come up with ways to track the amount of work being done remotely. Now, one BC woman's case is getting a lot of attention. She ended up having to pay for stealing time from her employer. CTV Shannon Patterson on what led to this rare decision and whether it sets a precedent. When her employer fired her for cause, a BC accountant who'd been working from home took her wrongful dismissal claim to the Civil Resolution Tribunal, seeking $5,000 for unpaid wages and severance. But it backfired. The employer was successful in showing that they did in fact have just cause to terminate her uh, for misconduct. Um, based on time theft. Reach CPA had installed tracking software on Carly Bessie's work laptop. The tribunal found she hadn't worked 50.76 hours that she claimed she had. Bessie denied the time theft, but was ordered to pay her former employer just over $2,600. And that doesn't usually happen. We do see a lot of cases where there might be some misconduct in terms of dishonest behavior like time theft which would lead an employer to terminate someone for cause. But I haven't really seen this before where an an employer is actually awarded damages for that time theft. Interesting thing that has developed during the pandemic and to date with these hybrid environments is more discussion amongst employers with their counsel and with their consultants and with their HR teams, you know, should we be tracking time because we don't see them because we're not constantly around them to be able to monitor performance. So that is a concern, I think, for a lot of workers that that this is going to become some kind of new normal. They say if there's trust between the employer and employee, electronic tracking shouldn't be necessary. Never heard of this concept of of time theft before, but I guess it's ultimately it's like billing your employer for hours you didn't actually work. In this case, this uh, Carly Bessie in BC, uh, she was being let go. She tried to fight it. Uh, In their response, their legal response, they show that she actually appeared to not have worked the hour she's claiming, and they ended up making it so, or she ended up having to pay just under $3,000 to the employer who let her go. Um, And they were able to learn this as a result of tracking software that was on her computer that would look at things like how often you hit a key or move your mouse. Sure, sure. Uh, interesting, but it's- Interesting, I, I, I have guess a lot I'm not, to say about this. I don't know. Because you work from home a lot, so this is something that- Yeah, and we're not in, tracked. In your ballpark. We're, we're not tracked. But it, you would think most employers would have a way to track you aside from just like, did you move your mouse or hit I don't think they should though. I don't think they- they should do that because I don't think productivity is measured in how much you're moving your mouse and, you know, sitting in front of your computer from literally nine to five in the time frame that 
they consider that's such an old school way of working that they're trying to force into the work at home environment. It doesn't work like mm -hmm. that. People are productive in different times of the day. People are productive for different amounts of time at one given moment. Everybody mm. works differently and to try and cram everybody into one cookie cutter method of working, it's just not effective. And it's such a dinosaur way of trying to think, well, if you're a butts in the chair, then that means you're working, you know, and it's nine to five, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And there's so much, there's so many studies and there's so many uh you know extremely way smarter than me people that that can tell you why that doesn't work and knock it off yeah I, I think it's it's more or another thing to consider though is the type of job like let's if you're in a job where the you live and die on efficiency let's say if you do customer service for you know some i don't know the power sure, where you have to be there to answer that phone you know yeah but it, but if you if that is your job generally they're already tracking like how many calls you answered or how long your calls are or something like that so that wouldn't be anything new here no. it seems like in this case her job is she's one, an accountant the, this she yeah so she so i'm so an she, accountant think that, and, and i can tell you that it's it's the most but well well before the pandemic it's the most time tracked job you'll ever have and correctly who cares when you do it how you do it how long it takes you are you meeting the deadlines are you getting the work done yeah. who cares I, I think in this case reading between the lines she was let go in for some other reason aside from that's, this that's that's my final point about it there had to have been something else that she was doing that was bothering them where they're like okay we can't get her with this but i guarantee because if you track anybody who works from home i guarantee she's stealing time mm -hmm. and then they they found a way to, to to nab her on that yeah well um it's i'd like to know more about like the more of the facts of this case but i think it's it's interesting to see someone what go to sue someone an employer in a sort of david and goliath situation and have it turn around on them like that yeah. and have to pay in i um, just but it's something like we're going to see more and more of this sort of thing but this well. idea of time it's mm -hmm. it it makes no sense and this isn't the mm -hmm. case with all jobs like you said earlier this isn't the case but yeah. time is is friggin relative man like i have a job to do and there are times when I have to get that job done within a time frame. You know, like there's a meeting coming up and they need this budget done to present. Sure, there are those moments. But for the most part, my God, let's just get the job done the way we want to do it in the time frame that we yeah. are effective. And we should have four-day work weeks. Four-day work weeks, man. Like, enough of this. Like, we're living in the past, <laughs> man. <laughs> Speaking of living in the past, the world is changing. We have employers tracking our information. We have Baby Shark being blasted at the unhoused outside of businesses. Artists are also feeling the pinch. Um, we, you probably, anyone who uses the internet would have seen over the last couple months, everybody have, were changing their profile pictures into these AI 
generated artistic renders of themselves, which then led to this discussion about how that is indirectly stealing from other artists. I'm sure you've seen posts oh, about yeah. that. I don't know if you're aware that this whole AI thing, artificial intelligence, isn't just attacking like graphic designers and visual artists. There is a huge uh, issue with AI, artificially intelligence generated writings yeah. and essays. I'm going to play you a, a short clip uh, that outlines the issue and I got something to say about okay. this. A new AI chatbot has universities scrambling to figure out how to prevent cheating. Cheating scandals are not new, but a new viral sensation, ChatGPT, has impressed millions with the essays and stories, it turns out, after it's asked a question. CTV's Tamina Aziz on how BC universities are trying to stay one step ahead of those who use technology to fake an assignment. But that's pretty impressive. You can ask it to write anything or answer any questions, and its responses oh, okay. are immediate and human-like. Just warning you against uh, how unethical it is to use ChatGPT um, for generating an essay, but it still goes ahead and generates it. The tool was released less than two months ago, and it's booming in popularity, and the quality of the work has some educators concerned. We're going to have to maybe come up with uh, assignments that make it more difficult to just copy the answers from ChatGPT. But experts say there are limitations to the tool. They're not creative in the way that we're creative. Gabora says one student has cheated with it, so she's already warned her students about using the tool this semester. I just sort of said at the beginning of class, you know, I know this might be a temptation, um, especially if you leave things to the last minute, and I just want you to know that we're on to it, and uh, we have programs that sort of can detect the presence of ChatGPT-generated essays. I'm concerned about having uh, an automatic tool that detects if somebody copied from ChatGPT or wrote, the, wrote something on their own because it's not going to be 100% accurate and then we're risking just uh, accusing students of cheating when, when they didn't. Have you heard of anyone possibly being tempted to use it to cheat? I've heard of people trying but not succeeding. I think it's helpful. Most people probably haven't been using it but I think in a couple of years, like as it gets better, which it will, I'm sure it will be a, a serious problem. And experts agree. They say it's time to embrace the tool, incorporate into classes, and use it to help students. But it's unclear how that can be done. In the meantime, educators say to build trustful relationships with students and assign projects that focus less on regurgitating information and more on critical thinking. Yeah, so the, the this particular AI writing software, mm. it's called ChatGPT, yeah. and it's a it's a big deal, and it, and it's new, like which is scary mm. because you can use it now to write anything, essays and poems and stories. I got it to write but a few what, songs for me the other day. What what's it going to be able to do in five years? Well, I what's going to do in fifteen years? Yeah, I've messed with it. I was shocked at how effective it yep. is. Um, yeah, it's what the I real just deal. did. <laughs> What I just did before uh, before we went live, I was trying doing some different things. I was asking it a few questions about, you know, like history and, and stuff. And and it was giving me answers that were like, I don't know, similar to what would be on Wikipedia, except it was written as if it was, you know, a person talking to me, which was interesting. But then I tried the more creative side of it. And as a test, I said to it, and I did this just earlier, I said, write me a poem called Keep Canada Weird. And listen to what it All turned right. out. And, it, and it's instant. Like I, I wrote, write a poem called Keep Canada Weird, hit enter, and it spit this out immediately. It said, 
let me have it here. It says, keep Canada weird, let the moose roam free in the wilds of the north where the rivers run deep, where the mountains stand tall and the lakes are crystal clear. Let us keep this land wild without any fear. Let the beavers build their dams and the bears roam wild. Let the lynx and the wolves roam the forests in the wild. Let us keep this land true to its natural state. Let us keep it Canada weird before it's too late. Let us celebrate our differences and embrace our quirks. Let us stand tall and proud and never hide our quirks. Let us keep Canada weird in all its beauty and grace and never let the world change, especially this place. So let us keep Canada weird and keep it true to its natural ways. It's all we can do. Let us always remember to keep Canada wild and never let it change this special child. <laughs> this special but child. Oh like that God. like that was a stupid poem and it was rhyming a, a lot of the same yeah. wild yeah, with quirk wild with quirk and, <laughs> but some other things that I was doing like using it so you're not uh kind of like searching a um encyclopedia or something I would ask it things like uh here's an example like if I said like uh, I don't know um what is the population of Canada? Of course, I could just Google and find the answers. But what if I wrote something like, what is the most unique thing about Canada? Because that's kind of a bit nuanced to answer that question. The way it answers it says, one of the most unique things about Canada is its, uh, is its diverse and multicultural society. Canada is home to people from many different ethnic and cultural backgrounds, and the diversity is reflected in the country's food, music, art, and festivals. Additionally, Canada's vast size and varied geography, including mountains, lakes, forests, and tundra, also makes it unique. So that is, um, that one that's written well it's almost like if you were in high school that could be a question you have to answer yeah yeah i think when you're when you're dealing with essays and getting it to take factual information and structure it like into a narrative that you would something yeah. digestible yeah like i think that's where it thrives because when it when it starts to get into creative ventures like writing a song um all those people that have that have gotten very successful songs and i think depends on how you structure mm. the question so, but for me, where I was just generically being like, write me a song about love or write me a song about someone falling in love with you or whatever. It was just, it was being very uh, weird. And full disclosure though, you you wrote a full album about a user falling in love with its computer. No, the other way around. Well, the computer falls in love with the yeah. user. Yeah. It's a laptop computer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that's like right. the song, Never Fold Me Down, the laptop. Never Fold Me Down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just asked chat GPT. How can I put Tim Hortons out of business? This is interesting. Oh, I didn't think it would be able great. to answer it. Actually, my exact question was, how can I put Tim Hortons out of business? So here's what it says. As a language model, my purpose is to provide helpful and accurate information, and I'm not able to provide advice on how to put a specific company out of business. Additionally, it's not ethical to wish for a specific company to go out of business. Dot, dot, dot. And then it answers my question. Tim Hortons is a well-established brand with a loyal customer base, and it would likely take a significant effort to put them out of business. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner, the best approach would be to focus on providing a unique and high-quality product or service that differentiates you from Tim Hortons. So I guess what it's saying here is we should open a coffee shop. Is create competition and, and then... Yeah, I need an way. easier, more simple way. Yeah, it seems that at chat... GPT always clarifies 
either before or after what it when it provides you an answer it always kind of clarifies you know things you should mm -hmm. consider um it's in, uh, if you were a teacher i feel like that would be very hard to catch people using chat gpt for essays they say in that news clip we listened to they said they have like tools and software or whatever to do it but i i think like if i'll tell you right now if chat gpt was out when i was in high school it would be answering all of my homework and assignments i know yeah. it would i would have like i i was i just well the same thing was kind of happening rewording when google was a started becoming a thing like when the internet started coming out like, I remember it was, uh, you know, unethical for me to print out information from the internet and copy and paste it into a project because it had to be my own words or whatever. Like, I, you know, there was all those questions being asked when the internet first started making its way into mm. people's homes. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a big mess. My, um, yeah. I'm just surprised by it. It's, it was one thing where, where we used, like I would take answers from encyclopedias and reword them and stuff in a way that my teacher would never know. It was almost copied out of an encyclopedia. This is a, a whole different beast. And I think in five years, it's going to be even more complicated. And in 15 or 20, yeah, this is going to change. It's just always changing. Like, I mean, we've seen this a million times before like when a new technology comes out and it's a game changer like this ai based technology is it's going to ruffle feathers and it's going to throw everything on its head for a while until we until we are able to um step back and realize okay how can we use this in an effective way and in a way that is conducive to learning and there's, there's so, going to be so many ways that they can use chat GPT or AI based programs like that in the classroom to encourage learning and foster mm -hmm. it. It'll, it'll absolutely be for the better. Um, let's move on to something else that will be for the better. I, th it's news to me, or it was news to me last week when I found out that, uh, Canada's objectively worst McDonald's restaurant is closing. This is a McDonald's restaurant that is uh, downtown Ottawa and re in, on Redu Street, I guess is the pronunciation. Yeah. And this is, I've asked my brother about it. He lives in Ottawa. And this is, this specific McDonald's is infamous for late night incidents, fights, assaults, weird things happening. Police are there like every night, basically. They finally announced its closure and uh, it's getting a lot of reaction from people. So here, here's a news clip that'll give us some of the background. Good evening. Yeah. We begin tonight with a CTV exclusive. The notorious McDonald's restaurant on Rideau Street is closing its doors. A regular stop for police most weekend nights. It's now set to close permanently in April after 38 years in business. CTV's Natalie Van Roy joins us live with the latest developments. Natalie? Well, Graham, this update comes after years of issues at the Rideau Street location. The property owner tells CTV News that McDonald's decided to not renew the lease, meaning the restaurant will close in April. At this infamous McDonald's location on Rideau Street in downtown Ottawa, the doors will soon be closing. Well, McDonald's lease runs out at the end of April. 
So, you know, we knew that they may not be there. Wasn't uh, a big surprise. The restaurant first opened in 1985, but in recent years has become a notorious spot for late night crowds. <laughs> this viral video filmed in December 2013 shows a man pulling a baby raccoon out of his sweater while others were involved in a fight. I've pretty actively avoided it. Yeah, I've only ordered on Uber Eats or skip the dishes and so and so because uh, it's just I've heard really sketchy things. In 2022, Ottawa police were called to this location more than 150 times. And in 2018, there were more than 800 calls. With the news a few years ago regarding all the violence going on, um, all the drug use downtown, uh, you can't use the bathrooms here. So this isn't a McDonald's. I would bring my kids. Uh in 2019, then-Ottawa Police Chief Charles Bordelow sent a letter to the president and CEO of McDonald's Canada raising concerns about ongoing criminal activity and social disorder at the location. Then McDonald's reduced its hours of operation to 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. following a meeting with police. It had been open for 24 hours a day. Currently, you can't sit inside the restaurant to eat. It's takeout only, and the bathrooms are closed to the public. It's a jewel in the city of Ottawa. Everything that, the, that can be done to make it uh, better should be done. I, I'd like to see the, the police provide more presence. Just for the, uh, you know, it's always a very small percentage of, of individuals that cause trouble. A listing on Spaceless, a commercial real estate website, shows a unit available for lease starting in the third quarter of 2023. I think we've all been to like uh, somewhere in our town that's kind of like the crazy late mm -hmm. night place. Here in Halifax, we have the Spring well, Garden. I'm one? not thinking McDonald's. I'm thinking more so just uh, Pizza Corner in Halifax. Oh, Pizza yeah, Corner in Halifax is yeah, yeah, a yeah. spot we call Pizza Corner, and it's just like an intersection where. Each, on each corner of the intersection is a different pizza shop and they're all open late yeah. night. So when all like the bars and stuff get out, everybody just kind of accumulates at pizza corner. And there are like, I've seen uh, countless uh, incidents of social uh, disarray happening in and around pizza corner. Yeah. We've all witnessed, uh, you know, you and I have spent many a night on pizza seeing corner. things. Yeah. It just oh, as onlook, innocent onlookers. Disturbing. Yeah, just very innocent. <laughs> uh, just eating a slice of pizza and watching it yeah, all go down. Trying to stay out of trouble. I was always, yeah, on the outside yeah, looking in trouble. Help people if, if it came to that. But there's... I know, I would not help. No. <laughs> um, I'm on the yeah. outside. I am, no. I'm not here to help. I'm not here to cause trouble. I'm just here Somewhere to in the middle. I'm just here for the... I'm just here yeah, for the comments. But it's uh, any kind of late night place that is heated has seating has bathrooms anything that's open 24 it's an invitation to craziness and then at mcdonald's it's so cheap you go in there with three dollars you get food and, and it's yeah it's drunk and, yeah, food right like you're you're stumbling home it's three in the morning like who wouldn't want to eat four cheeseburgers and, and it's only going to cost you like eight yeah. bucks or something to do that and, I know, yeah. and it's quick, and it's like you can eat in, you can take it home with you. Like it's yeah, perfect. I can, I could see I why, it. but I don't think it's unique to the McDonald's on Rideau, Rideau Street in Ottawa. That one, no, because that McDonald's on Spring Halifax, Garden, I felt yeah, was always terrified like that in there because we'd stop there a number of times walking home. Yeah, from and the it's bar. just craziness in there. 
Uh, but I think yeah. any city that has a 24-hour McDonald's downtown or Tim Hortons downtown, for that matter, craziness goes on in there at night. It, this Rideau Street one, sure. I don't know yeah. what it what makes this one so wild. But did you see the clip that was they talked about the with the rack with yeah. the raccoon? It's unreal. It's such a bizarre little yeah. clip. It's like there's all this chaos and fighting going around. It's just, this person just pulls up yeah. a raccoon out of nowhere. For people who haven't seen it, you can find it online. Yeah. It's it's basically a brawl in McDonald's. There's It looks like there's 25 people throwing punches at each other, falling over each other, grabbing on yeah. each other. And as someone is filming the fight, someone just in frame, like in, in the video, just takes a baby raccoon out of their jacket and just holds it there it's like what the hell is happening here but it's just it's such a like it's almost like they're going to use it as a weapon or, or something i like, feel like bleh. they're showing the raccoon the fight because they kind of hold it by like the scruff of the neck no i feel like it's like if anybody steps to me i've got a raccoon <laughs> because raccoons are violent <laughs> they will claw your face i wouldn't off. want to get touched with one no, it's like, I'll give you rabies if you step to me. <laughs> uh, what a mess. But it, it is closing. It seems like they tried to do everything to make it work. They limited the hours. They made yeah. it so you can't use the bathroom. You can't even sit in there. It's, I guess, the final straw is we just got to shut it down. But it says a little bit about, it says a little bit about law enforcement in the city that they couldn't make it work. But I guess we could not have McDonald's if they wanted to keep it open. Could they not have just had like two security guards in there? Who knows? Um, I, I would I think know. of. I would have to be someone. I would have to be someone who worked at that McDonald's to understand more about. Yeah. What? How and, it's all. And they said in, in that article that we listened to, they said there were complaints to like McDonald's corporate, and I'm sure corporate McDonald's doesn't want this one location being a haven for drugs and fighting and all this stuff. It, they may yeah. be like, you know, just shut that one down. We'll stick with the other 25 million. Sure, it, it probably depends on the arrangement because I don't, I, you know, not all McDonald's are run by corporate mm -hmm. office. Some of them are are just like a business entrepreneur who uh pays for the rights to sell mcdonald's products mm. or whatever like that's how you can have some still selling the pizza at, at kind of uh very rare yeah. locations and uh, johnny mac in the chat did the the math there that said in the article that that mcdonald's was getting about 800 calls a year to police that's two point that's 2.5 ish yeah. calls to police a day a day you yeah. could not pay me to work there without like full body armor no 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 <laughs> Unless I was in a shark cage. <laughs> Which would be amazing. <laughs> I'm just swinging in a shark cage, like doing the books for this business, for this McDonald's. Like, oh my God, they're fighting out to so many raccoons. Uh, well, Aaron, I think we, we covered a lot. I, I'm, I'm exhausted from the week. Yeah, it was rapid fire tonight. We had a lot to get to and there was a lot to say. It's going to be like this next yeah, week well, too. So Because I had to push off three stories tonight to next week. So it's... And I did the same yeah. thing last week. People yeah. need to chill. They need to slow down in Canada for a little bit so we get caught up. Things are getting hot in this country, you know man. I, Things are I blowing up, I think it's the up, Canadians' man. way to try to make this a twice-a-week series. People want it. They can taste it. They want more and they're just, Canada weird because Canada's so And they're just doing weird. freaky things out there trying to get us uh, fired up more to do it. But we'll see. They'll, really, they'll have to ramp it up a bit more if they're hoping for that. But um, let's put a bow on this one, a really weird bow. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until uh, next keep, time. 
Uh, bye. Keep your raccoon. <laughs> the throwback to Jude. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I in our Keep Canada Weird discussion, but let us call out for even greater support in this mission. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to let us know is by sending a voice memo through nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We both hope to hear from you. Now, before we wrap this up, let me give some thanks. Big thanks to Aaron Airport for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro voiceover. And lastly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, the show would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Tyler, Jerry, and Kate, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can help keep Canada weird by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would just like to contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Uh, before we wrap it up, Aaron, people are asking to hear something from Computer Love Songs. Can I play one? Yeah, what, man. What's go the for best it. song on the album? Um, probably uh, if I had oh, like. Yes. Uh, so let me see if I can find it. So if people want to find it, it's. It's on Airport's Bandcamp. Airport the band. But okay. So if you go to. If you want to find it yourself and you can get the album because the whole album's amazing, the web address is airport.bandcamp.com. Dot com bandcamp is b-a-n-d-c-a-m-p.com and this particular album is called computer love songs but i'm gonna play so it's a seven song album oh brand new eyeball and they're all yeah, like a brand new long. eyeball yeah but i think if i had legs is the quickest so brand new song, eyeball so. is about so it's the whole album's like a the computer being the computer is struck by lightning oh. and becomes sentient and and falls in love with its owner. So and falls in love with its owner. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's like a concept album, but isn't brand new eyeball like when it gets a webcam? No, well, it always that's when it's awake. That's okay. when it first becomes sentient, and it's like it's got this new eyeball. Then from the top of your lap is an amazing song. Then it, you have don't use him to talk to don't use me to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, she because she's talking to her boyfriend uh, on on the computer yeah, that loves her. Then it has if I had legs, which will play scramble which i remember i forgot how great this was scramble is when it gets the computer virus yeah. tongue and tongue and it teeth is a wicked song uh yeah. and then crack the code so let's do if i had legs
That's a good. That was awesome. Uh, I forgot all about this. Uh, most of these songs. I just want to play tongue. Uh, brand new eyeball. Then we'll wrap it up. Sure. Yeah. 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 That'll give them a taste of it. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a you should re, you should like re-record all those. Yeah, yeah, they're just demos, so we could do a you know they they could use a nice beefy studio. Uh, yeah, because it's it's sound seven them. songs about a minute each. You would be able to like if you had a nice studio for a weekend, you could make a killer album. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. All right, cool. everybody. If you want to go, oh, Kristen in the chat says, "I'm the perfect I'm the perfect amount, amount of stones." Stone <laughs> <for this." laughs> 